from our service this morning, far away from our worship, far away from our people, Father God. He is not welcome here. We stump on his head this morning. We tear his kingdom down this morning. We have nothing to do with him this morning, Father God, and we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you for, for your grace and your mercy, Father God, and the things that you do for us and not what he tries to do, Father God. We pray that none of his tricks work when we're here and when we leave here, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I see Brother yes. Cedric has joined us. I'm happy to see you, brother. I haven't heard from you for a few days. So, yes, I'm good. I'm good. I right. had to go to funeral yesterday. My grandma, my grandmother yesterday. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You didn't let us know that. I did. Did you? Yeah, we prayed for We prayed for the family. Okay. Because uh, I certainly wouldn't want to not uh, support you and the rest of the family. Brother Life family, I'm sure, wants to support you. So we're praying yeah. for you. So sorry for your loss. Yes, and just uh, thank God for you. Yes, ma'am. So we're going to get ready and have praise and worship now. And uh, then uh, I've got a different kind of message this morning, but I think that it will be helpful to each one of you, and uh, it's a refresher course for me anytime I teach on the subject of how uh, we help people uh, lead them to the Lord and what needs to be done. And some of us didn't have that opportunity uh, when we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, we're saved, but we're going to go through some uh, <clears throat> uh scripture and information that will make it clearer to you. You know, because people come across our path and, you know, we need to catch them while they're uh, open, you know, while they'll accept whatever we've got to say. But anyway, I'm not going to preach right now. So we're going to have praise and worship and then we'll talk about the Romans road. That's what I want to talk about this morning. All right, uh, Dr. Carson. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because you are, I will lift, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I, I worship you because of who you are. You're
Such an anointed man of God. 
uh, I keep saying that when Patsy and I go to Georgia, we're going to that church. I say Patsy and I because we are the ones that seem to travel together and she always wants to take me somewhere. So we have talked about going uh, to Georgia, to the Atlanta area, because my grandson is there. But, you know, we're going to go to church, going to visit some of these churches uh, that are in that city. And he is one that I'm looking forward to uh, having an opportunity to sit under his anointing. He is an anointed man of God. And that song he was singing, y'all might have heard me say this before. Every time I hear that song, I remember my former sister-in-law who uh, used to sing that as a, a solo. And, and uh, we were in those days, a church that didn't have pews, it had folding chairs. Y'all too young to know about that. Had folding chairs. And boy, some of them sisters would, would take down a a whole row of chairs when uh, she would sing the even me, let some drops now fall on me. And you know, that's my prayer. I want that anointing on me at all times. When I open my mouth, I want to have that anointing, let some drops now fall on me. So Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for those that are with us this morning. We lift up those who are not with us this morning. Lord, we thank you because we know that it was you that woke us up this morning and started us on our way. That is not by power and it's not by might, but it's by the Holy Spirit, God. And we thank you, Lord, for ears that are anointed to hear and hearts open to receive. And I ask, Lord God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, that whatever I do or say bring glory and honor to you. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So I just always like to recap uh, the music that we've listened to, you see, because, you know, whatever goes in our ear gates, uh, we have in our spirit. And so I always like to have uh, songs that are meaningful, that speak the words, you know. And we listened this morning to uh, Vicki Yohi and she sang, I Worship You. And then we had our brothers sing that chorus that is known throughout the Church of God in Christ, that particular denomination who uh, has this chorus called Yes. And as you begin to say yes to the Lord, everything inside of you should begin to uh, crumble, every hesitation, every worry, uh, everything that would interfere with you saying yes to the Lord. And so then we heard, thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We should say that many, many times a day because when he keeps us safe, when he allows us to uh, go from one point to another, uh, driving these vehicles or riding the bus or whatever we do, we need to say thank you, Lord. And then you made a way. 
you made a way, you made a way. How many times does God make a way for us? We may not even pay it attention, but he opens doors for us. He closes doors that need to be closed, and he makes a way. So uh, we then heard, I love you, Lord. I love you. We need to say that. We need to say that to him. I love you, Lord. I love you. You know, we tell everybody else we love them, but the real love, the love that's going to get you to heaven was that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then we heard, of course, anointing fall on me. We always want that anointing because the anointing destroys the yokes of bondage. Anointing frees us up. Anointing the presence of God's spirit. Anointing covers us like an ointment and causes us to get delivered, to have freedom. And then, of course, let some drops of that uh, rain, that Holy Ghost rain, fall on us. And so with that said, I'm going to just uh, be with, uh, speaking to you this morning regarding landmarks on the road, Roman road. And we call the book of Romans, uh, the scriptures there that we use when someone receives the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior, we call that the Roman road. And because I have a long, uh, extensive experience as an altar counselor, uh, prior to my uh, acknowledging my call to the ministry, even then, altar counselor. I was an altar counselor uh, at my Baptist church, St. John Baptist Church, and uh, we set up that altar counseling after we were in the Billy Graham crusade, because prior to that, we just allowed people to come sit in that chair and they were prayed over. And we didn't even, they didn't even ask of me if they really were saved or repeat this prayer with me. We just let them join the church. And unfortunately, joining the church is different from getting, uh, receiving salvation. So then we got involved with Billy Graham. The crusade was coming to San Jose, California. And so those of us that were going to participate in the crusade, we went to a training. We had to go to a training if we wanted to be altar counselors. And of course, my counseling history goes back to academics. Uh, even I, uh, you know, supported people with counseling who were ill when I was a nurse. So our, my, my work has always been with people. And so we went to this training that Billy Graham offers. And then they give you a little book to go with it and get you ready for the crusade. And I'll tell you, that's when things started turning around for me. After that crusade, I was a different person. And that's when God opened my eyes to what else he had in store for me. So anyway, we set up this altar counseling. Uh, 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 program at St. John Baptist Church, and I was the leader. They made me the leader. I was instructing others on how to do altar counseling. 
and that we began after people came and sat in that chair and said they wanted to join the church. We took them in the back and led them in a sinner's prayer and explained to them about salvation. So then when God moved me out of, out of the area here at East Palo Alto and the Baptist Church, he sent me to a church called Faith Christian Fellowship, which later on became Jubilee Christian Center. And there, I was a bench member until the assistant pastor one day called me. And he said, you know, we trying to follow up on all of our new members. And I just like to know what it is that you uh, have done prior to coming to our church if you were a member of the church. And I said, oh, yes, I was a member of the church. And I said, uh, we were in the Billy Graham crusade. And God allowed me to set up an altar counseling team. And uh, he said, oh, oh, well, then you should be doing that here. So then the, the couple that was in charge of the altar counseling, George and Sandy, he uh, sent me to a meeting that they were having with the altar counselors. And because I was new and he gave me such a, 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 a big boost about Billy Graham with Billy Graham and all, I think everybody was kind of nervous about uh, me being involved. So they made it sound like it was really, really difficult to be involved. And so I was a bit intimidated and I asked God to help me with that. So I was supposed to go through training and uh, we had uh, some things going on in our building. By that time we had a building. When I first went to that church, they were in the YMCA. And of course the Baptist people said I had gotten involved with a cult because this was a man, a Caucasian man that was the pastor and Jim Jones had just made that big mess over in Guyana. So they decided that I must be hooked up with a cult, which was furthest from the truth. That man was put in my path for me to go to where God wanted me to go and be what God wanted me to be and become what I am now. But anyway, uh, we went on uh, there, and so the night, the day that I was supposed to uh, let them see that I was able to do the altar counseling the way they did it, <laughs> uh, we met at De Anza College some, for some reason. Uh, I think that's uh, uh, <coughs> why we did. But anyway, my son Eric was with me that Sunday. And so I said, I need you to wait because I've got to go back here and go through this training or go through proving to these folks that I'm capable of counseling, altar counseling. Now, I've been counseling for years. I was a, uh, the community liaison at Sequoia District for almost 10 years, Woodside High School. So my counseling background was extensive, but this is spiritual, y'all. So anyway... God gave me a vision the night before. And in this vision, because I had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, the colors in this vision were just so vivid. And there was this giant man and this giant woman. And it looked like I was having to do, go through something with them and appear to have some 
uh, intimidation, which I've never really uh, had uh, with other people uh, be afraid of them, but I was intimidated, I guess, and God knew it. So he showed me that vision, and he showed me becoming a champion that whatever I was intimidated about, I overcame, and I was victorious, and I had favor with them. So when I was uh, after the service, they assigned uh, a person for me to do altar counseling with. And uh, so I went through the scriptures that I'm going to give you this morning, some of them, and uh, I did everything that I was supposed to do. Now, mind you, the part that I had never done before is pray with someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of a speaking in other tongues, which was new to me and I had received, uh, I had received at that church. But uh, uh, to do that, I, I was kind of shaky about that part to offer someone to let me pray with them and minister to them the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so, but I passed my test with flying colors, just like God showed me uh, in my vision. And as a result, God gave me favor with that couple, and I became one of their uh, closest, uh, work, work, strongest counselors working closely with them. They became uh, very dependent on me being involved. And so, you see, because the congregation was beginning to become more multicultural. It was becoming like our congregation. We have all kinds of people come to Bread of Life, all colors and shades and backgrounds. And so it was becoming, that church was uh, in that YMCA was becoming uh, a multicultural group on Saturday morning. And I had so many people that we had more than one service. Had to have two services because it was, uh, you know, not enough room for everybody in that little YMCA. But anyway, you can read all about that in my book. Of course, if you don't have my book, it's on Amazon. And uh, you can uh, get that book off of Amazon and you get to hear all about what else happened about that. But I wanted to give you a little, God is the writer of my story, is the title of my book. And of course, my name is on it. So you can, if you don't have that, you can get it. You can order it online. So anyway, enough of commercial. So this morning, we're just going to talk about the landmarks on the Romans Road. I'm starting this because I think some of you get people who are across your path and they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to know how to help them uh, with accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior. And you see the mistake that we make in the body of Christ is that we know how to lead people in the prayer of salvation, but then we just leave them there. We just leave them there. And they don't understand nothing. They don't understand what they need to do next. They don't understand, uh, you know, about their relationship with God. So we need to start them out 
on a good path, the Romans road, and then we go from there. But we don't need to just leave them because they're babies. And even those that have been backslidden who knew Christ and strayed away, they need help. You don't just leave your babies out after you have them. You have to take care of them. And so this is why I'm doing this because many of you have many opportunities to lead people to Jesus Christ. And so we're just going to talk about that this morning. So we're looking at Romans 6, 23. Romans 6, 23. And that's where we start uh, with this, this scripture. Uh, actually, we start at Romans 3 and 23. Let me go back. So a landmark is defined as something prominent that identifies location. So when we find ourselves lost and in unfamiliar territory, we start looking for landmarks. We look for landmarks that tell us where we are and which direction we should go. So as I say, you may have heard of the Romans Road. And there are specific verses that clearly explain the plan of salvation. So uh, I want us uh, to look at these landmarks on this road. Not only look at the landmarks, but know the, uh, the, the way to handle that. So I want us to take a walk down this road this morning and look at these special places, these landmarks. Uh, you know, so you may be lost, but I have good news for you. If you follow these landmarks, you'll find your way home. <laughs> so I just want you to consider landmarks on the Roman road. So our first stop is Romans 3, verse 3, where we, uh, verse 23, excuse me, Romans 3, verse 23 where we will find landmark number one, which is truth. And that scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So this is a historical landmark. And you can trace this all the way back to the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. So when we read where King David spoke of this in Psalms 51 and 5, he said, behold, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So you will never be right with God based on good works or moral morality. Excuse me. The phrase comes short of the glory of God means that we literally miss the mark. We have fallen short. I say that sometimes when I didn't quite do what. I believe God wanted me to do about something I fell short. And, and so all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's not a person on this earth who has not sinned. And we come to God and we ask him to save us. And we come because we have fallen short and we come uh, because we have sinned. We are sinners. We are sinners. And so you'll never be right with God based on good works or morality. 
and the phrase comes short of the word. God means that we literally miss the mark. And so we have to understand that the tense of this word suggests that this is an ongoing state of affairs. In other words, no matter how good we may get, we will still miss the mark. Okay, we're going to continue to borrow short, but something changes once that we receive Jesus Christ. So we'll still fall short of the glory of God. You cannot get to God on your own merit. And the key to this verse is all. No one is exempt. And so I used to hear a certain group of people in a certain denomination testify and they would say, I thank God that I've been free from sin all day. Well, I question that because no matter how hard we try, we fall short. That's what this scripture tells us. And if you're here, you have sinned and some and come short of God's glory. That's all that is to it. And it's not for you to feel guilty because the scripture tells us that there is therefore now no condemnation for them who love God and are called according to his purpose. So if you are here, you have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mean people, evil people, thieves, rapists, murderers, they have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Likewise, good people, kind people, compassionate people, charitable people, religious people, church-going people, all of these are not exempt either. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the Bible tells us in Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Friend, will you grasp the truth that we find at our first destination on the Romans Road? Will you admit the fact that you are a sinner and the rest of this journey will not be beneficial until you're willing to do that? So we know, those of us that are saved, I don't want you to get stuck we are sinners saved by grace. I uh, did uh, a retreat for higher power some years ago, and God took me when I began to pray about what my subject would be, uh, because they gave me, allowed me the opportunity to select the subject of me and God, and he took me to the book of Romans and took me through some of the Romans road. And so I could help those folks, you see, because uh, Higher Power is a Christian organization. They are state getting people in drug and alcohol recovery saved, <laughs> really saved. They're just not in recovery, but they're saved. And so God gave me to teach on this very subject at that retreat that he allowed me to do. That's been many years ago now. So if you're here, you have sinned and come short of God's glory. And that includes good people, kind people, compassionate people, charitable people, religious people. I don't like religious so well, but and I think that's why it's included. Because people who are religious aren't necessarily saved. They just 
they uh, Old Testament followers of the law, you know, and they may not have even asked Jesus into their heart. So I, I don't want you to become a religious person. But if you have, you know, you can still, uh, uh, the scripture still fits. Uh, church going people, all of these are not exempt either. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the Bible tells us uh, that Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Romans 3 and 23 is one of the most important verses in the word of God. In order to get a hold of that, to grasp it, the process of salvation, you must comprehend that you are a sinner. At our first landmark, we find truth. As we continue walking on the Romans road, we'll find another landmark. In Romans 6 and 23, we find landmark 2. Consequences. Romans 6, 23a said, For the wages of sin is death. The life of sin pays off in death. These are two types of death. There are two types of death that we find mentioned in the scriptures. There's natural death. That natural death is the separation of body and soul. Spiritual death is the separation of God and the soul. So we are spiritually dead when we come to Christ and ask him into our lives. So we need to understand that when we come to Jesus Christ and we ask him to come into our hearts, to come into our lives, to be our Lord and Savior, we are spiritually dead without him, without the Holy Spirit. So the idea in this verse is of the second death. The second death is the separation of body and the spirit. The consequences of which are eternal damnation of a lost spirit in the lake of fire. Lord, we just got you seeing a fire that burned up a whole part of the island of Hawaii. We saw that fire just burn up everything. People, houses, cars, you name it. You know, and I was reading an article, I don't know if I sent it to some of y'all, but there was one house that was standing in the midst of all those burned houses on Maui. One house. And, you know, we know that was God just to show that he didn't allow the devil to burn up everything. So when we talk about that lake of fire, when we talk about spending our eternity with fire, just look at the examples. The first time I saw a fire like that, it was in the Oakland Hills here in California. And that fire started and burned up all those beautiful homes and it just was out of control. And I sat there and watched that on TV one Sunday night. I was getting ready to go to bed and they started showing that. And I'm sitting there watching the TV and just watching this fire consume everything. And the first thought that came to me, Lord, I'm sure glad I'm saved because I wouldn't want to go to hell. And, you know, that fire in hell just keeps on burning. You never burn up. You just, it just keeps on burning. And so we know we don't want that 
that experience. So we need to make sure that we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So notice in that verse that the lost man receives wages. This is a fair compensation for a life lived in wickedness. You may say it's unfair for a sinner to have to go to hell. So look, I took a course. I was going to take some courses at Fuller. I did take some courses at Fuller. And uh, Fuller Seminary is right down the road from where I live in Menlo Park. And uh, Fuller has some, uh, you know, campuses uh, uh, around in other areas. But uh, I went to take these courses at Fuller, and I was in one course uh, where we had this five uh, phases of uh, salvation, which was actually a trick. <laughs> this book talked about five phases of salvation, and all but one of those was not really salvation at all. I had so much difficulty reading the book because they were talking about stuff and I would lose my place. And finally I said, Lord, what is wrong? Come on, I can't concentrate on this stuff that I'm supposed to read. See, it was a book I had to read for the class. And the Lord said, well, look at it, it's lies. The Holy Spirit is not wanting you to believe lies. And there was one, only one example of real salvation. That was at the end of the book. So when I went back to class, because we were just going to class once a week, went back to class, everybody that was saved, was really saved, had the same struggle I had. And we said it was that we wouldn't, you know, advise anybody to read that book. And the professor was offended with us. He said, well, you're the most conservative class that I've had yet. Well, hallelujah, we were conservative enough to know the difference. But what I was trying to say is, is that we need to understand, you know, that God is a loving God. He is a loving God. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But there were some folks sitting up in there who believed that there is no hell. A loving God would not have a place called hell. A loving God would never do that to us. Well, you keep on believing that. <laughs> but I believe what the word says. And if you go to the book of Revelations, which we're living in right now, you'll see that the Bible shares about hell. And all through the, um, the uh, New Testament, you know, those uh, first books of the New Testament, there's mention of a man going to hell, and he he was such a hateful man and didn't try to help nobody, and that Lazarus had all these sores on him, and he didn't want no parts of Lazarus, and he was able, when he got to hell, to cry out to Lazarus and say, if you would just dip your finger in some water and put it on my tongue, he was just miserable, you see. So why should I believe that there is no hell? 
And those teachers that want to teach that, they're teaching that to satisfy themselves. Yes, God is love. The Word of God tells us that God is love. But, honey, there is an end of the, uh, the life that if you're not saved, you're not going to spend eternity with God. You're going to hell. So I'm just going to leave that like that. I know I uh, was over in Jamaica, my first trip to Jamaica. And I went with some students. Uh, we went to church that I was attending, Faith Christian Fellowship in North Tulsa, because there was a, a Faith Christian Fellowship in North Tulsa. There's a Faith Christian Fellowship in South Tulsa. And so in North Tulsa, it was like East Palo Alto. And so we went to Jamaica to, to do some work, and they took the youth. Uh, the youth went with us to do some missionary work. And uh, they sent me out to win souls with a guy. Everybody else, they went, you know, they had to have somebody uh, to lead their group. They sent me out with a guy. Why did they do that? Because I looked like those folks in Jamaica. <laughs> so they just figured all I needed was a guy to keep me from getting lost. And so, you know, I had an opportunity to share the gospel with folks that needed to be saved. So I don't want to get off the subject too, too far. I want to go back. So hell is not a place. Uh, it's not a place bad people are sent by God. Hell is a place that people have worked hard to get into. And mm. they will receive everything they have earned. <clears throat> if you die without surrendering your heart and life to Jesus Christ, you will receive these wages. If you find yourself in hell, it'll be because you chose that path. So you notice in that that verse that lost a lost the lost man receives wages you know we we get paid for what we do we get payback so god helps us to understand that galatians 6 and 7 says be not deceived god is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also be and then jesus said in john 3 and 18 he that believeth on me is not condemned, but he that believeth not, he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So we have to understand that being saved is a privilege, but we must be saved. It doesn't mean you're just a church member. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so when we look at the frightening details of condemnation in the book of Revelations, Revelations 20 and 15, and whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know, when I was a girl, and I'm going to run out of time, this is going to have to become a series, I think. When I was a girl... Uh, they uh, talked a lot about hell in church. Preachers preach a lot about hell. Yeah. And uh, so uh, they told us that, you know, we needed to read the book of Revelations. 
And you're going to be scared when you read the book of Revelations. So when I was going to Rama, I had read portions of the book of Revelations. But when I was attending Rama uh, Bible College, I uh, had a class called Revelation. And the teacher that I had was so dry and bland that I knew I was going to fail that class. But you know what? I got a head in that class. So then uh, there was a time, I don't know if Reverend Robeson was with us then, but I taught, uh, we had in the Bible study, I taught on the book of Revelations. And at that time, Sister Patsy was a part of our church, and she still talks about that. Because you see, it's an eye-opener. You know, the book of Revelations was actually a vision that uh, uh, the uh, John the Revelator, they called him, John the Disciple, had a vision. That's what Revelations is about, well, the vision of what will come. And we're near it now. We're near it. We see evidences that we're near it because of the things that we see going on in this world right now. So we need to understand that Revelations 20:15 says, and whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelations 21 and 8 says, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire, and brimstone, which is the second death. The landmark of truth and the landmark of consequence can be a bit disturbing, but I'm glad that as we continue down the Romans road, we'll, uh, we will encounter the landmark this is landmark number three of hope. Again, Romans 6 and 23. <coughs> but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So hope in the Greek language is translated confident expectation. As we discuss things such as the second death and the lake of fire, I'm glad that I have hope or a confident expectation in eternal life and a home in heaven. The reason that we can possess hope is found in the second part of that scripture, Romans 6 and 23. We have hope because of God's gift. God's gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And if you're traveling with me down this road today, you can possess this same hope. Jesus made the way for you. All you have to do is accept it. What is described in Romans 6 and 23 is God's grace. That's where I'm going to stop because I don't have time to go uh, any further today. And I think I'll put enough on your mind. But here's what I want to say to you. If you have confessed the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believed that God raised him from the dead, then the scripture says you shall be saved. You can find that in Romans 10, because we're doing the Romans road in Romans 10, 9, and 10. That's where that scripture says that. So that 
disqualifies you for heaven. Okay? There's some other things you need to do. You need to be disciple. You need to know what the rest of the word says. But that is the initial beginning of your relationship with Jesus Christ is to confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So all of y'all that are with me today, as far as I know, you've done that and you're saved. So don't get in a panic. Don't get in a panic. I would say something that my son, my grandson used to say, though I think it's kind of karma, but he said, uh, when you get upset, don't get your panties in a bunch. So that's horrible. And uh, I, I ask forgiveness for even trying to include that in the conversation that we're having today. But I think there's a good description of what's happening if we don't let you know. If you've done what it takes to be saved, then you're saved. And, uh, you know, I had a member of this church. She's no longer a member, but she's one of my, uh, you know, one of my kids. Uh, I love her and stay in touch with her. And God has called on her life now that I'm hoping she'll continue with uh, that calling. But uh, she was very offended at one of her relatives who was Pentecostal who made it clear to her that if she wasn't a part of her denomination, she wasn't saved. Well, that's not true. Okay. We, it's not a denomination we're talking about. It's about salvation. The salvation that says that Jesus died on the cross at Calvary for our sins. Isaiah 53 says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, praise God, was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. We are saved when we confess the Lord Jesus with our mouth and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. We invite him into our life and we receive him into our heart and then we go from there. Now, that's not all we need to do, but that's how we receive salvation. That's my point. And I'm going to do some more teaching on this. So if you have friends who are questioning their salvation or relatives, you need to encourage them to come to our service uh, in the next few weeks as I minister because I don't minister every Sunday and they can certainly come and hear Reverend uh, Robeson's messages but I want people to understand what it takes to be saved and you don't have to do a whole lot of other things now there's some things you need to do to, uh, to, to have relationship with God you need to spend time in prayer you need to spend time in the word you know you need to be discipled. But what I'm saying is, is that if you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the scripture tells me you shall be saved. So we're going to do some more with this Romans Road and we're going to talk some more. Now, this is a subject that some would say, oh, well, I already knew that, so why are we, why are we having to know that? 
because we need to know the truth because the truth will set us free and we need to know the truth so when we talk to sinners we tell them the truth we don't give them some bogus information you got to do this you got to take your makeup off you got to put your jewelry on you got to put on a long dress no rings on your fingers no jewelry you know and you can't have this, you can't eat this, and you can't drink that. Well, you can't drink some things because the, the, the Bible clearly talks about uh, us drinking liquor. We don't need liquor because there's a lot of people that we know that we have dealings with. That alcohol caused them to go to jail and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, and dope, we don't need marijuana you know these folks want to tell me you know that you need marijuana for your health well i question that that's something that you seek the lord about i know sometimes it's used as a painkiller uh to help people who are seriously ill but you check with the lord on that but if you're abusing drugs i can certainly tell you that's not of god but anyway we're going to have to stop right now uh, I've given you enough to think about today. We're going down this woman's road. And so I just thank God for each one of you. I don't think we have any new people this morning that I need to invite to accept Jesus Christ. Yeah, but I really want y'all to know what it takes to be saved. Then you can start being disciples from this point on by allowing us to continue down the Romans road. We want to continue down this road. So with that said, we're getting ready to be dismissed. I think Reverend had to leave us because, oh no, he's still here. Uh, I thought he had to leave to go to work. But we're going to uh, stop right here. I'm gonna ask him to dismiss us today. And I just thank God for each one of you. Please, please. Consider the information that you have. If you have questions, you're, you're, you're very welcome to contact me. Uh, you can uh, call me at 650-814-6705, or you can send me a text at that number, whatever is convenient for you. So with that said, Reverend, I'm going to turn it over to you, and uh, please dismiss us for today. Amen. Amen. So it's always good to know what it takes to be saved. It's uh, a lot of religions out there. Uh, and I call them religion because they have no spirituality in, in what they say. And uh, it's so many different things that they will tell you what you need to do. But what we need to do is follow the word. And we need That's to follow true. the word of God and what it says. And we find that word in the Bible. So don't let people tell you this is the way you go and don't eat pork. And, you know, y'all know some of the things. Y'all heard some of the things. Don't celebrate Christmas. And, you know, y'all know. Y'all know because we've heard them all. Because people are always trying to recruit us to, uh, uh, you know, uh, to do different things. They're always trying to recruit us. But uh, you know, you let them know when they try to uh, when they try to get us that hey, we believe in Jesus, 
He's our Lord and Savior. He died on the cross for us. And uh, not John Smith or uh, 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 Buddha or, or none of them. So Pastor already preached on it. And uh, I touch and agree with that word because, you know, hey, I, I confess I confess that, that the Lord is my Savior. He He's my Savior and, and not Buddha and not John Smith and not the rest of those people. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so I, I, I enjoyed that because we really do need to know what it takes to be saved and not all that phony stuff that we hear. So, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for the message. We thank you for the messenger, Father God. And Father God, we thank you that we know you, Father God. We know you and we know your works and we don't believe in the false teachings, Father God. We know, Father God, that there's a heaven and a hell, Father God. We know, Father God, that we don't invite people in our house that are bad, so why would you? So we just thank you. We just thank you for that message, Father God. We thank you for each and every one here today, Father God. We thank you for the families that are represented today. We ask the hedge of protection over each and every one of us, Father God. And Father God, as we carry on our weekday, Father God, as we carry on, period, that we hold this message, Father God, that we understand, Father God, that you are a loving God, Father God, and you do allow us to make our own decisions and our own choices, Father God. And we pray that each of us make the right decision and the right choice, Father God, and that's to follow your word, Father God. So we just thank you this morning. We give y'all praise. We give y'all the glory and honor because it all belongs to you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Everyone say amen. 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 All right. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. We don't have to seven tomorrow evening. So God bless. All right, everybody. Everyone. God bless you. Bye, everybody. All right, y'all. Bye.